0: Hey, this is WWE Hall of Famer from the Legion of Doom Road Warrior Animal. And today on this episode of the What a Rush Podcast, we are going to listen to and watch the 1991 Royal Rumble. Take you back to the good old days. People, if you haven't got a chance to look it up on the WWE Network, check it out. You'll see some giant bodies in that ring. Tell them, Hawk! He's one half of the Road Warriors and the Legion of Doom, the most successful tag team in the world of professional wrestling. He's held the AWA, NWA, WCW, and WWF titles. He snacked on danger and dined on death. He's Road Warrior Animal, Joe Laurinaitis, and this is the What A Rush Podcast. Now, here's your host, Joe Roderick. And it's
1: time now once again for another episode of the What A Rush Podcast. I am your host, Joe Roderick, and joined always by the WWE Hall of Famer. He is Joe Laurinaitis, Road Warrior Animal. What's going on, man? How are you? Joe, what is up, man? I gotta tell you, I'm pumped. I'm real excited because not only is it Royal Rumble season, which is usually my favorite pay-per-view of the year because of the unknown that goes into the event, but... You and I are also taking a road trip here over the uh, next few days, and I'm really looking forward to everything that's uh, involved in our trip up to the bold north, back to your home yeah, of Minnesota. Man.
0: Minneapolis, here mm-hmm. we come, yeah, well, it's Super Bowl week, you know, yep. we got a lot of things to do, and getting out there, promoting the podcast, and uh, it should be a real good time out there.
1: Yeah, I this will be my seventh Super Bowl week that uh, that I'm going up to, doing the whole Radio road thing, working for my radio station in St. Louis, doing interviews there all week long, but it just so worked out with your schedule that we were able to get you there and figured, what the hell, you're from there, people there will know you, your connection with the NFL, so we're going to get you there for a few days, and while we're there, we're also planning to record some stuff for the podcast, too.
0: Yeah, man, hoping there's a couple of guys from the Eagles on there, maybe a couple of guys from the Patriots and see yep. what happens. Bro.
1: Yeah, uh, you, are, you are going to to be Joe a full member of the media that week. So you're not. You're going to have your wrestler hat on, but that you are going to, to be paid up. That's great. Though. <laughs> you are going to be a fully credentialed member of the media for uh, for those days that you are up there. And we look forward to uh, talking to a few guys that you knew from save that badge, yeah, from James. (laughs) (laughs) Put it right up there. You got your Hall of Fame ring and your Super Bowl UK tour, Australia
0: (laughs) tour. Media, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I
1: mean, well, there's going to be plenty of guys there that played with James on the Rams. There's going to be guys there yeah. that played with James at Ohio State, who you've known for for years in that game. That yeah, we're hoping hey, to a, grab so and had, talk to. You got
0: great guys like Malcolm Jenkins, and mm-hmm. you got Chris Long, who's an outstanding young man. And you such know, a, so. I
1: mean, he continues to be such a feel-good story too, with yeah, donating man. his entire salary this year to multiple charities, and yeah. then getting the NFL. To donate t-shirt sales. I like. I don't know if you saw that. So after the Eagles yeah. made the Super Bowl, you've, you've seen the Eagles players wearing those German Shepherd heads. Sure. So the NFL put out a shirt of Eagles, like an Eagles uniform wearing those heads. And I guess in the, by the NFL standpoint, they made the mistake of tweeting it to Chris Long saying, hey, what do you think of this? You know, hey, your thing that we're going to start making money off of, Chris. Hey, promote <laughs> it for <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. So Chris responded saying, hey, why don't you donate the proceeds of that to charity like I did all year? So kind of put the NFL – handcuffed the NFL a bit to where the NFL responded that, okay, yeah, we'll donate all our proceeds for this.
0: Yeah, hey, man. Hey, (laughs) it means two great things. It It, means, hey, Chris Long has made a lot of money in his career. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and two, he's donating things to a good cause. I yep. mean, you know, it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. yeah.
1: So if you are in the media, you're listening to uh, this, you can contact me on Twitter, at Joe Roderick, or through our uh, through our email as well, Podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to book Joe Road Warrior Animal for an interview. Um, Tuesday or Wednesday for sure next week? Well, Tuesday for sure. We're working on the times that will be there on Monday and Wednesday next week, but Tuesday for sure on Radio Row you can contact us there, but uh, we will we'll make that happen. We'll get the word out about this podcast and uh, let others know. Because it appears next week, as you said, we're hoping to talk to a few people up there. I
0: believe we already have confirmed that we are going to be uh... – We are going to be at the Academy, man. Mm-hmm. Brand-new training center in, uh, in Minneapolis. That Ken Anderson, yep. formerly known as Mr. Kennedy.
1: Can you do your best Mr. Kennedy impression
0: for me? Mr. Mister... Kennedy,
1: that's not bad. You forgot the second Kennedy on there, but Kennedy, uh, thank you. Thank <laughs> there, you. <laughs> there's two.
0: Yeah, but I want to do it here. I'm here in the lawyer's office, I'm in mean, Corey's <laughs> office right now. Don't want to be <laughs> screaming and give the secretary a heart attack out there. You know, I already saw two doors close over there. So,
1: <laughs> and then uh, Davari also. Uh, yeah, and Davari
0: too. You was the great heel manager for Kali. Yeah, you know, and Muhammad Hassan and Muhammad Hassan too, right? So yeah, man, you know. Great Arab descent. Hey, listen, it's going to be a great time, yep. man. I, I'm excited to see their new facility. You know? I've been thinking about, as we've talked about, doing my own line of training centers right. across the U.S. So um, it's going to be good to see and talk to those guys. Yep. Hopefully, I'm trying to get uh, Smash the Demolition lined up, too. If you return my phone calls, you listen to this, Barry Darso, give me a call, and uh, we'll line that up as well.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, looking forward to that. Of course, on this week's episode, we're going to be going back to a a time when Barry was in the ring with you. We're going to look at the 1991 Royal Rumble. We're going to be watching just the Rumble match. We will give you the time cue. We're going to be watching it when we say hit play. If you'd like to watch along with us, you can hit play as well. But basically, you are going to get stories of... I mean, what? There's thirty guys in the uh, thirty guys in the Rumble plus managers. We are going to be just doing a lot of quick hitting stories on a lot of these guys and what goes into a Rumble match. Along with this, this was your first of two Royal Rumble matches that you were in. You were a part of four Royal Rumble pay per views. Only twice were you an entry into the uh, into the. Royal Rumble match, so we thank are going to talk. We are going to talk about that and all of your thoughts behind that. But before we get to that, Raw 25 took place just a uh, couple days ago. I do want to thank, by the way, I want to thank um, people that uh, that promoted us during the week, wrestlers, colleagues of yours that promoted us over the week on Twitter at What a Rush Pod on Twitter. Thrasher Glenn from the uh, Headbangers, sure. Uh, Made sure that he he listened to the episode and tweeted out about it. Uh, Tommy Dreamer and RVD also uh, plugged the uh, plugged the show as well. So Go ahead, man, three good guys, uh, guys, you know, it's good. Yeah. So they uh, they yeah, but we really need to dig into well. this
0: past Raw twenty five. Man, my Facebook and my Twitter has been blowing up. You know, I actually put a post on Facebook the other day, and I really had to. I felt, you know, what I felt bad about Joe. I felt bad for the fans because mm-hmm. I think the fans, not only in the Manhattan Center out there and in Brooklyn, that they get hosed there. They got hosed. The people watching at home, sitting at home, that couldn't afford to go, around this great country, around the world, actually, that they just kind of got ripped off with the show, man. They just. Um, a lot of lot of uh, disgruntled uh, people out there, you know. I'd say if you would give it a rating, man, it had to be a total abomination, man. The show just was total, a total fail.
1: You, there was it was overbooked. I, I think looking at it from a fan standpoint, looking at it from you know, I wanted to see some cool things. I wanted to see. I was really hoping that we would see seeds planted. For WrestleMania, And maybe that happened with the stare down between Daniel Bryan and The Miz. That's something they have been teasing for so long, but nobody knows if Daniel Bryan is actually, you know, if Daniel Bryan is actually cleared. You know, if only there was somebody sitting here across from me who had some sort of ties to the Daniel Bryan family, like maybe his brother was married to the wife of you know, the mom of Daniel Bryan's wife, and maybe we could figure that out. I don't know.
0: I mean, yeah, listen, I, know that's man, a, I, I know that's an talked oddly. To, I really <laughs> talk to my brother the way it is, much less going to ask him about Daniel Bryan, you know. But listen, man, there's a lot of things they missed on. Yeah. On the whole paper. Listen, they've been building Matt Hardy like crazy. They put him with Bray Wyatt, and Sister Abigail's done in five minutes. Yeah. I mean, By so the way, 20,
1: 20- 23 years ago on Raw, Matt Hardy faced IRS. In a match. How crazy is that that 23 years later, Matt Hardy's in the ring with IRS's son?
0: But still, in in building the companies, I I say that the wrestling business right now, this is why I love going to Indies, because Indies have an old-school feel about them, okay? Yeah, you get some guys that watch things on TV, and they say, I'm going to do that, I'm going to be a superstar for doing that move, which is totally insane, because everybody needs to establish their own personality, get your own lane and stay in your lane and quit trying to go outside your lane because when you start going outside your lane that's when people start going it sucks right you like the thing with matt hardy there i mean listen the gimmick with matt hardy's doing this it's cool it's kind of interesting but bray Wyatt comes out bam smash you know then you have an entrance you build this whole big thing up with dx and you cut that commercial right during ramon's entrance bam buried razor ramon right off the bat right And you wasted all the time with DX, too, as well. And then, listen, the whole show was kind of ridiculous when you had a lot of things that you could have made really good. But the only thing, listen, if you have three big behemoths out there and you have the ring surrounded by WWE legends and people out there and some of the new talent and everything else, why would you have Kane and Strowman and Lesnar out there? If Stroman's supposed to be this big, fearful badass, and then you, you have them all out, why give the fan anything mm-hmm. when you want to make them pay for it on a pay-per-view? Why even have a pay-per-view if you're going to give it to them? That is the biggest thing that the WWE is missing because you're giving freebies. Why are people going to want to pay on a pay-per-view or by the network, rather, to watch it? Um, You're not not getting anything, you're not getting any plus. Listen, the fan wants to believe, believe, and I know this from all the years' experience I've been doing this, they want to believe they're getting their money's worth. Because what do people forget sometimes, and I think when you get in the hierarchy of the WWE, okay, listen, everybody knew Austin was going to show up. Why do you give the thing with Austin right off the bat? stunner and Shane been there done that stunner and Vince been there done that why not have someone else come out and be the big heel St- stone cold come out there and he can be the heel on Vince make Vince the babyface. if you're out there thanking the nation for 25 years of raw right and you uh, you really want to Leave Vince and the family in the good light because Vince being here right now, nobody cares. Well,
1: Vince did a good job of bringing the fans in, I think, making them love him for giving them 25 years. And then he immediately turned and made himself the villain so Stone Cold could come out. I'll tell you this, from watching it from my standpoint, wondering if Vince was actually going to take a stunner was what I was locked in on. Because I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, no, you know, he looked looked really old, I thought. And I I thought there's no way he's going to take this. Here's the thing,
0: though. In our business, now you got to take it from me, being in the guy that's been in the ring and being that puppeteer trying to get the fans to yay-boo, when you take a crappy stunner, it buries the stunner. Vince took a crappy stunner. I don't care what anybody says. So if you would have had someone else out there that had more heat on them, even someone like Seamus or somebody, yeah. right? Or you have somebody out there.
1: Jason Jordan, I would say, is probably – people yeah, love Jason to hate jo- Jason Jordan had Jason right now.
0: you Jason Jordan on there, and Vince is doing a promo with Jason Jordan, and Shane's out there too, and they're thanking the people, and Jason Jordan interrupts them, bam, and, and Vince says, you know, hey, what are you doing out here? And Jason Jordan, like, pie faces him or something. <whistles> mm-hmm. Here comes Stone Cold's music down. Let Stone Cold come out then and stutter Jason Jordan. Or whatever, whatever, whatever. Because, <clears throat> listen, the McMahon family was out there thanking everybody, doing this, this, and that. Then you had Stone Cold come out. It was anticlimactic. The rest of the show could have disappeared right after that. What um, What did you think of Godfather's wife, Olivia? Well, I mean, not, <laughs> nothing you want to cry over. Yeah, she's a sight to look at, <laughs> you know. Knowing Godfather, I wouldn't expect anything else but someone like Olivia there. But, you know, listen – I think they missed the boat, man. Because there's a lot of great ways you could have went with that. How do you not even acknowledge the guy that single-handedly built the WWF and WWE, pretty much Hulk Hogan? You don't even acknowledge Hulk Hogan. You don't even. I heard. I saw nothing about Macho Man. Did anybody? They show,
1: I, yeah. They showed him as being like the early commentator of the early Raws, but, still, but, but
0: you you. But outside you, of that, you, you know, if it was.
1: Macho Man on
0: Raw, well, there wasn't a whole lot. No, but they meant but Hunter managing, Ravishing Rick Rude, who was never on a Raw.
1: Yeah, he was. He was he when? Was, he was not, the, not what uh, I yeah, was hearing. he was, was. He was the wasn't. original member of DX. The original DX was Hunter, Sean, and Rick Rude, and then about mm. a few weeks into it, Rick Rude was on a pre-taped RAW, and he was on WCW the same night.
0: Yeah, I mean, he may have been on there one time. Yeah, he mean, was, it I wasn't. It wasn't like, much, but yeah.
1: he was part of the original plans. But at the time, Rick Rude was just on a per night basis and didn't have an actual contract, okay, so he what, jumped ship. But shipped. what I'm
0: saying is, yeah. I love Rick Rude. Don't get me wrong; he's one of my friends. But when you have guys like an Eddie Guerrero, who's no longer with us, and for, like him. Or leave him, Chris Benoit was a great performer. Forget what he did. He's a, one of the best performers in our biz. Then you have the British Bulldog. Then you have Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. You have all these other guys who have passed away. My partner, Road Warrior Hawk. All these other guys that are no Brian Pillman. You don't mention any of these guys. You should have done a great tribute. The fans want to go back to yesteryear. Yeah. They want to go back to their tribute, man. They want to relive what their childhood is. Because here's what you have, man. You have guys that are in their 30s and 40s now that were kids watching this. Now they have their kids, right? They're going back on a network on a watch this, and saying, wait, do you see these guys? You're not going to believe this. I see this all the time when I go do Comic-Cons, how dads are t- telling this, or, hey, there's my kid, 10 years old, man. I, I tell him I watched you when I was a age. Look at this kid. And he, he loves the Road Warriors. They go back and they watch this stuff, so they want to relive it. They want to relive a little bit of their past. And they get didn't get to do any of that. Instead of the show was filled with nonsense, man. It was just – it was like everything was so rushed. Okay, the revival. They've been building this revival team. You Damn. and I talked about this last show. As the next Anderson tag team, they beat them in freaking two minutes. Yeah. Boom, by revival. Yeah. I mean, good luck rebuilding them now. How are you going to rebuild them? I mean, you, 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 they're not over enough to beat them that fast.
1: We need to get to the uh, pay per view that we uh, we watched here. We'll have plenty of thoughts. I, there's plenty of stuff that happened in that pay per view that I'm going to get to as we go along here on this uh, on this show. But we want to take you to the 1991 Royal Rumble. It was took place in Miami, where we um, it took place in Miami, Florida, which ironically was the of the same place that you were also in the other Royal Rumble, so your two Royal Rumbles were both in Miami. So right now it is, if I can get the uh, the time up on the screen, it's at one fifty. Is it one fifty six fifty one? I think at the uh, time, and you just go over to the dot. Yeah, one fifty six fifty one, and go up to uh, that and hit play right now. As you go along there, and we're just—it starts off right at the start of the Rumble. Bret Hart coming in to the uh, the Royal Rumble. Another guy that wasn't mentioned oh, at all on Raw 25. How do you not mention yep.
0: the Hart Foundation? Another <clears throat> guy too, Owen Hart, who passed away. Mm-hmm. Right, you have the Hart Foundation. They had an entire Raw devoted devoted to him. Yeah, so, man. I mean, how do you listen? How do you not mention these guys? Listen, and the guys I'm mentioning, Joe, it's not about being conceited or anything. Are some of the guys that have the biggest marketing uh, reputations of selling merchandise in the country's in the company's history. Right. And this is why I put a post on Facebook and I apologize to the fans because I felt disappointed for the fans, man, because my whole thing is, is giving back to the fans at this point in time. Mm -hmm.
1: Dino Bravo out next with Jimmy Hart. Okay. I am five years old right now. Uh, I am five years old when this pay-per-view is going on back in January of 91. So I've only seen Dino Bravo in past Junior events.
0: You don't even remember Dino Bravo. I, well I remember
1: him old. from all the times I think I've watched in the past. And so tell me who Dino Bravo – I mean, tell, tell me something about Dino Bravo for a 32-year-old that's never – you know, that, that didn't start watching wrestling until 96. I
0: watched Dino Bravo and the Crusher in the whole gym in uh, St. Louis Park, Minnesota – Dino was a very strong guy. He he was probably a five fifty bencher. Really, believe it or not. I mean, yeah. he
1: looks he looks strong as hell. But he oh, also, yeah. you know, well, Dino's not that tall
0: now. You got to remember, Dino's yeah. 5'8", You know, but, yeah. But uh, the the curly
1: blonde hair. I mean, uh, yeah, there's well, not there's me,
0: not much that looks intimidating about Dino Bravo. Yeah, but man, in Montreal where Dino started, he is very very well known. Um, you know, he and Rick Martel and the Rougeaus had a great company up there in Montreal. See, Hawk and I and Paul Irving used to go every summer. We'd go to the Montreal off of Saint Catherine. There, man, mm-hmm. just the most beautiful part of this country, and uh, yeah. and wrestle in Montreal. It's uh, Dino two... wasn't the greatest performer. Now, don't get me wrong; <laughs> you could tell by these chops he's drawing a Bret Hart right now.
1: I'm. Uh, it's two minutes between every wrestler coming in, so you'll get good time cues from us throughout to figure out where you need to be if. Your uh, your stream buffers, or if something happens to where you uh, you lose it. So if you're watching along to this, you'll uh, you'll you'll get the time cues throughout. You'll be able to stay on track with us. So and they say they, they say two minutes. One. They say two minutes, but then they count down from ten seconds. If you went yeah. to it with a stopwatch,
0: I'm sure you could poke holes in that. Why they go Brett number one? Well, because he's was the best wrestler in our company, and he's the only guy that could probably go the whole. What is it? Thirty minutes of the match went, or whatever. No, this match goes an hour, Joe. Well, You're, yeah, well, then, so, yeah.
1: May, maybe you get another bottle of water. This this match is going well, an hour.
0: Listen, but yeah. he's the only you, guy that can carry it.
1: You only work. We're down to eight seconds now before the next guy comes out. Number three on the list. So you you only work for six minutes. I'm I'm just gonna jump ahead. Spoiler alert: You do not win the 91 Rumble. Uh, six minutes and 39 seconds is all you were in the ring. You get paid your full your full appearance, or you want a guaranteed you contract really in 91. Any, you What's, don't really
0: win anything anyway. So what's the big difference? This
1: is you, in 91, you got the, uh, this is going to uh, the winner facing, uh, ends up facing the champ at WrestleMania. So that's Ooh. happened in 91 Ooh. already. Yeah, We're there, <laughs> we're there by now. Uh, Greg Valentine is already in the ring. And right now, the Greg Valentine that I think people know in 2018, you kind of look at him and go, God, that guy was a wrestler. But here, he looks pretty good. He looks in good shape here.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, this is be- before everybody got uh, tested for whatever. I mean, you know, before any of that. And he had some stamina back in the day, too, right? Listen, Greg was one of the best performers. When I first started in the North Carolina for Jim Crockett Promotions, mm-hmm. I watched Flair and Greg Valentine have some wars. You know, because, you know, Greg's your old school. Speaking of Rick Flair, Greg's yeah. Rick Flair was actually in a plane crash with Johnny Valentine. That Greg's... Related to Greg? Yeah, yeah, the relation. So it, it was kind of, but Greg, yeah, Greg's a yeah. good performer. He's a, he's a real. I mean, he's one of those old school, tough nose. Yeah.
1: Dino Bravo was thrown out, by the way, uh, while you're saying that. So he was only in for three minutes wow, and six you, seconds. If you so. like your
0: eye. Dino was gone. Yeah, not,
1: not much, uh, not long for Dino Bravo in, uh, in this match, and Jimmy Hart taking a bump. We see a lot more Jimmy Hart as the, uh, as the night goes on. In this uh, match, he's wearing the jacket with Earthquake on it. We'll get to a lot of Earthquake stuff when he uh, when he comes out later in the uh, later in the match. So okay, so are you ninety one? Are you on a full? What's the contract situation in WWF in nineteen ninety one for you?
0: Well, you know, Hawk and I were on. A, I think a two year deal or three okay. year deal with the company. Okay,
1: so you, are the people that aren't on those kind of deals are did everybody on full time contracts? Everybody everybody guaranteed? was signed to
0: a contract. Well. Nobody assigned for guarantee back then. Here comes Paul Roma. Nobody's tied for guarantee back then, man. Okay, everybody was. Uh, you work for the company, you're under contract, and you kind of have a verbal. Agree- well, you're supposed to have a verbal right. agreement, handshake agreement, what you're going to make. Because Vince was a big handshake guy. Yeah, but um, so was- what are
1: you told? I mean, you know, I, you won't give me numbers. I've tried before. You won't give me numbers, but how does, uh, for something like the Rumble, where there's 30 guys in the match, how, how do paydays work for something like that?
0: You know, so it, it all depends who you are in the company. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're doing just the Rumble and no interviews or nothing else, and you don't have a separate match, you may get, um, I'm just guessing, man, maybe a five grand payoff. Okay. You know, but if you're one of the top guys in a in a match, you, you may end up getting 10, 15 grand mm-hmm. if you have your own match. It depends who you are. If you're someone like Hogan or Ultimate Warrior, you got more because they always pay the single top guys more. Earlier
1: in the night, we're just watching the Rumble match, but earlier in the night, uh, Ultimate War- Warrior loses his title to Sergeant Slaughter. and that, So that's uh, setting up Sergeant Slaughter versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. This is right after Sergeant Slaughter turns heel and teams with General uh, Adnan. As an Iraqi sympathizer. LKC. Yeah. Yes. So, and this, this whole pay-per-view is taking place two days. Two days after you guys bomb. Uh, well, I shouldn't say you. Uh, you the guys. US. I, listen, what does up do with it? U.S. Uh, bombs, it uh, bombs Iraq. Bombs Baghdad. So, war has started. Desert Storm started two days before this. And throughout the entire evening, Roddy Piper and Gorilla Monsoon are on commentary. And there are tons of mentions of the fact that war is starting over uh, that the war is starting, and on top of that, it's um, you know uh, that it's you know they're they're po- they're kind of promoting you know the fact that USA that you know it's this is supposed to rally people around this. I mean, backstage is this anything that is Vince telling you guys? Well, to go out there and it, do? listen.
0: It, no, it's it's an unsung thing, Joe. It's it's an untold thing that goes on in this country. Listen, when things go on like war or really things that are hard on society people want to divert to something that's going to make them it's like a feel-good thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like an instant fix and professional wrestling isn't just a tennis fan or a golf fan or a football or baseball or soccer or basketball wrestling fans are a culmination of all of society yeah so all of society can escape forget about what's going on in the war and uh you know, and and go and watch a wrestling match.
1: By the way, Johnny Valentine, you were mentioning that—that that was Greg's dad. Uh, we
0: didn't mention that. That was that
1: was Greg's dad that was in the plane crash. Of Ric Flair back in '75.
0: I tell you what. Now we're looking at the match right now. Talk yeah. about Texas tornado. Talk about a there. phenom. Who? Well, Kerry Von Erich. People don't realize he's got a half a foot inside that boot.
1: I I've heard stories. Yeah, man. About he, that. he got so, uh,
0: he he uh, was riding a motorcycle with bare feet and. Um, was all messed up, came out of a McDonald's park a lot and hit a cop car, and uh, they had to cut off half his foot. Now, he had a prosthetic in there. He had a specially-made boot, but the guy could run, throw drop kicks. Do you know that Kerry Von Erich was, uh, on the, uh, had won the Junior Olympics for discus in the state of Texas? So he was a heck of an athlete. I mean, he just had a messed-up family. Right. There's no doubt in my mind he couldn't have been an Olympic discus thrower. I mean, look at the guy, man. He's built like a Greek god. Kerry was in great shape. I used to room and sometimes travel with Kerry on the road. Another guy that was not mentioned that we were talking about in the Raw 25. Who was that? Kerry Von Erick. Did he? I mean, well, he he passed away. I mean, he
1: he killed himself uh, three weeks after Raw debuted, actually, February of 1993. Uh, so, uh, he, by the so what was the rumors that he was once the ultimate warrior or he came back or Carrie Von Eric was the original.
0: Oh no, no. He wasn't the ultimate warrior at all. He wasn't even wasn't there. Wasn't
1: there talk though? Wasn't there, there were rumors of him being at one point that he would, they dressed him up as the ultimate warrior and they would, cause they have similar body types.
0: Yeah, no, they, they, the use, similar they hair. Use some, and, they used some other guy with that, man. They never carry. Why would you mess with the Kerry Von Eric when you have already have the Von Eric name? Well, you're, they call him the
1: Texas Tornado. They don't call him Kerry Von Eric yeah, here.
0: Yeah, but people know they didn't call us a road warrior either, Joe. Right. Jesus, Lord. Come on. Well, they Everybody call. They, they, call they still called you guys Road Warrior Hawk no, and Road Warrior Animal, the Legion that. of Doom. We did that. We did that. They were strictly calling us a Legion of Doom. Okay. And Hawk and I made the decision. They no way, man. We spent 11 years building this road warrior name. We'll say, okay, yeah, we're from the Legion of Doom. I'm Road Warrior Animal. He's Road Warrior Hawk. <laughs> We threw that in ourselves, and they had no choice
1: but to follow it. Rick Martell's in there, by the way, right now. We're doing a, uh, I'm, I'm doing a terrible job of play-by-play with this, watching this and talking stories, but that's what happens. You have two minutes at a time. Yeah, you do but the play-by-play.
0: Play. Let me do I, the story. All right. Rick Martell's in there right now <laughs> in the, uh, in the another, ring we're about another to get guy, thrown out by Bret Hart. Rick Martel and Dino Bravo were running the Montreal territory together, mm-hmm. and we went in there and did many shows for Rick Martell and Dino Bravo. He is, uh, he's out number six. So we're already six guys
1: into the, uh, into the Rumble. So these things fly by. So where, where are you right? You're not coming out until number 19. No, standing back there waiting my turn. Do you okay? When are you told,
0: like, how do, what, how does the day work of the Rumble? They have, well, you, like every day you go to do TV or anything else. You got your lunch time, you got to be there. And mm-hmm. then you're told your order, you got to go in and you decide. Who? What you're going to do with the person that you're getting eliminate by, and who you're going to eliminate? Here
1: comes number seven. It is Saba Simba. Yeah, Tony Atlas, Saba Simba. Why? No idea.
0: <laughs> no who, idea why they call him Saba Simba. Who's booking Simba. right now?
1: Whose idea is it to turn Tony Atlas into Saba Simba?
0: You know, some moron in the in the creative department. Okay, that who would that have been in 91? I have no idea, man. Someone that does have no clue on what they're doing because when you have a guy that was already Mr. USA, mm-hmm. a literal Mr. USA, yeah. and then you have Tony Atlas who was already a, a household name in the south, mm-hmm. why you wouldn't have wanted to take advantage of that? And why they called him Saba Simba? I have no idea.
1: He uh, apparently uh, Tony was on uh, Tony Atlas was on the Right After Wrestling. Uh, and credited the Saba Simba character with saving his life. He was homeless, living on a park bench, and got a call from Vince McMahon where this is he's supposed to be playing a warrior of a Ugandan tribe.
0: Hmm. Then, why, was, why, then why why wouldn't you call himself Saba Amin? Saba Idi Amin's a legitimate know, Put a name to it that people could recognize instead of Saba Simba. Yeah. I, I've wrestled Tony Atlas quite a few times, man. Tony is a great guy. Kind of few uh, weird quirks and fetishes, like we all do. But you want know, what, to what kind of
1: fetishes did Tony
0: Atlas have? Tony Atlas loved women's feet. Okay, he would have. I know. Tony I, I Atlas, have a friend who knows into story. that. Yes, he, he he would have. I've been in a gym with Tony, where he would have a good-looking girl or not so good-looking girl. He would say, "Stand on my face while I'm bench pressing." Don't know why. Don't want to know why. Don't care. <laughs> was he able? Here not comes not by cup of tea, Joe. Next guy is
1: Bushwhacker Butch. I could care less about this because I want to hear more about this uh, Tony Atlas. So, was he able to lift <laughs> more off of this? Like I've heard stories where, like, if a girl, like, you'll sit on a guy's lap and it just, you know, it gets everything pumping and everything, and well, you're I able think to bench it, it more. It definitely
0: got things pumping. <laughs> Besides the weights, yeah. I'm trying to –
1: I mean, it's – I feel like it's impressive to have somebody balance on your face while you're trying to bench press. Like, just – I feel like that in itself is an accomplishment, you know, just being able to pull all that off.
0: So, he would do – Bro, who knows why he would do that. I don't know. I wouldn't want anybody near my face while I'm trying to bench press. Unfortunately, Tony uh, Tony just got got
1: eliminated by Rick Martel at uh, two and a half minutes into this match.
0: Yeah, well, I'm sure – I didn't think Saba Sibbo was going to last that long. So, it's just –
1: I mean, I have a a friend who – he he says it's not a fetish. It's just a fondness of feet. And I've watched him, you know, work over a foot or two in his day. And this was J.R.? what
0: this jr joe uh, no 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 but actually oh, okay. it's funny that his initials are are actually
1: jr it's funny you mentioned that that's why i was thinking you might have known the guy for a second when you when you said that <laughs> but i you know he's been he he has been i've seen him get kicked in the face with a foot and that apparently is what gets him going and really uh excites him but this is uh I've never heard of somebody standing on a uh, on, on somebody's face. Yeah,
0: no, man. Tony, listen, Tony was – now, have you seen Tony, you could see where somebody could balance themselves on Tony's face. Tony was a big man. I mean, you know.
1: I thought he had like a flat
0: face or something. No, okay. no, no, no. That's – He would first have him stand on his chest and then walk their way up to his face.
1: And that would motivate him enough to bench press – Extra I don't weight. know, bro. Some some Jeez. guys use
0: smelling here comes salts. Jake Roberts. Some guys use smelling salts to get going. Maybe some guys use toe jam from females. I have no idea, Joe.
1: Jake Roberts just entered the uh, entered the ring here and goes right after Rick Martell in in the uh the match. Coming up at the next pay-per-view after this is WrestleMania seven, which you are in in LA. These two will eventually have a, uh, a blindfold match Jake Roberts and Rick Martell in a blindfold match which I, I feel like if you're a wrestling fan this is that's a match that you you know you're familiar with you're familiar with the whole storyline between Jake Roberts and Rick Martel and the work that they did and the story they told in the ring for that uh, for that
0: yeah you know two great performers <sighs> yeah Rick Martel you know.
1: eliminated. you see who the referee was there with uh, Rick Martel Joy Murillo no who is it that's Shane McMahon is Shane there? That's Shane McMahon on the outside of the ring. Shane McMahon is one of the referees here in 1991.
0: Shane used to set the ring up back then. In those days, you
1: know, for being, you know, for being born on third base, being born with a silver spoon in your mouth, if you will, it, you know, I, I feel like he should get a lot of respect backstage because he did the work. You know, he did the grunt
0: work of that other officials had to do to make his way through the company. Well, I think that the dad said, "Hey, listen." You're gonna get the company anyway, so let's just go out there and put a facade on that you're really working your rear end off.
1: But I mean, did he actually do work or did he stand there? I mean, he, he still had to put on the bow tie times. and do this. He
0: refereed a few times and different. Things, but how hard a work is that? You're freaking go down to your knees a couple of times. Do you count one, two, three? It's you don't not- think?
1: I, I mean, I've heard different. I mean, I've, I've heard where you know you need to have a good referee in the ring to make a match work. You but You do that's well, that's
0: why he's not still refereeing. Okay. You do need well, to have a good, I mean, ref- you, know. you You do need to have a good referee. You need to have someone that can be involved in the story you're telling. You know, a referee has got to have
1: Hercules is out now.
0: Referees got to have uh, got to have an instinct to know mm-hmm. when to keep a heel at bay or would let the babyface come back and everything else. You know, so okay. Another, another lo- good tag team <laughs> they didn't even mention.
1: Well, again, it, glory. again, it wasn't you know. It's you gotta th- you gotta think ninety three. Ninety three was when Ross started. Paul Roma and Hercules weren't a part of WWF back in ninety three. Now those two right there, you see them working together. Paul Roma and Hercules, they end up being your opponents at the uh, at the next WrestleMania at uh, yeah, WrestleMania yeah, seven. We wrestled so. them
0: a lot of places. We had Royal Albert Hall in London. And Hercules looks
1: again, you know, you're telling you're telling weightlifting stories about Tony Atlas and you're talking Dino Bravo. Hercules is another guy that uh, that seems like he could have thrown some up back in the day.
0: Yeah, man. Hercules was another big guy, you know, Ray Hernandez.
1: back in this time, I'm you know, I'm trying to think of the right. So, when was your favorite time, I guess, to be in the locker room? when uh, what era of wrestling? Like, did you have the most friends backstage was just the greatest time that, you know, when did you have the most fun doing it? Like, were there – Well, I know – you, I, you know, I see this, guys on this, this roster. i tell you what.
0: This time was fun. Yeah. Because everybody, as you can see right now, so far in the Rumble, with maybe the exception of one guy – I mean, look at even Jake Roberts mm-hmm. is the biggest he's ever been here because everybody was doing what they needed to do to be big. Right. Okay. And uh, it was saying fun. laws it, were a little lax, maybe well, in the Food and Drug there, Administration. There was <laughs> no laws, really. You know, there was really no laws back then, real bad. Yeah. And then, uh, and it, it was fun for us because out of everybody, Hawk and I were still. We were the two biggest. So it was it was fun for us because I remember Vince came in the locker room one time with a freaking a tape measure wanted to measure everybody's arms. And, for what uh, purpose? he said he was making tuxedos or suits for everybody because back then you had the slammies. So he, so he was going to have the slammies, you know, it was before the, everybody got The hall of fame was non-existent back then. So you Mm -hmm. just want to do the slammies. Right. And uh, so he's, Oh, let's measure everybody for suits. And you wouldn't believe how pissed off guys got because they thought their arms were a certain size and they weren't. Okay. It was just something for Vince to, so Vince could jab (laughs) at people in the locker rooms. Oh, I thought your arms were twenty two. They're only twenty one. What the heck is that? You're lying. You know that's kind. Of, you know.
1: I could see. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, that pissing some guys off back there. But you oh, can't. Yeah, you can't argue I, with the. You can't argue with the ruler, right? You can't
0: argue with the tape, man. The only thing funny about it is when some guys would measure and they weren't as big as they were. They just load up and go in the bathroom and take a shot and <laughs> think that's going to help. Right back then, but <laughs> it, it I was going to say,
1: yeah, you get on the ground, you do some push ups, and you say, hey, measure help. me
0: again. It didn't help.
1: Get that uh, going, yeah. Get that from twenty one to twenty two. Slick is out there. I didn't see who Slick actually walked in with, uh, but I, I didn't. I, did, I did. He is. He's out there now as well. I believe uh, we haven't gotten to number eleven yet, have we? No, we're still at number ten. Uh, number eleven's coming up in just a uh, just a bit. Number eleven is Tito Santana, and he'll be coming out in just a few seconds. So right now in the ring. You have Hercules, you have Robert still in the ring, you have Bushwhacker Bush. You see there's a lot of
0: dead See, Valentine's married to that corner right there, yeah. so he's not even moving.
1: Well, uh, Greg Valentine's going to be in this match for 44 minutes. Yeah. 44 minutes. Stab uh, Rick Martell ends up going 52 in this match. Rick Martell's the Iron Man of this match at 52 minutes. So, yeah, I mean, at some point you have to either have a move that knocks you out to roll to the outside, or you have to stay in that corner. You have to find ways to... To kill time, but with this I'll many, tell you what and doing here there. we go. This is number eleven right here. This is uh no, actually, we already missed uh, number eleven. Tito Santana in there. Here comes the Undertaker with Brother Love. Wow, who was on Monday Night Raw this past week? Got the second Bruce Prichard got the second biggest pop of anybody on Monday Night Raw. They had a uh, they had a sound machine in there measuring the decibels. I saw that. Hogan got one. Bruce Prichard got number two. All from uh, who had
0: the sound machine measuring that? It
1: choice. was was it Forbes? I think that ended up having a uh, that brought one in there to run an article on it. And Undertaker comes in and throws Bret Hart out. It's who amazing. Who number one? Stone Cold. Stone Cold got the biggest pop. It's, it's bro, I don't know, that,
0: man. if Stone Cold, I think Daniel Bryan's was pretty freaking huge too. with the Yes, I didn't. Yes,
1: I, yes. I, I just I read the article to see who got number one. I didn't go through with that, but he always does get a big pop. So Undertaker again. This is January of '91. Undertaker just debuted back in November of '90. So Undertaker still has that mystique around him. You could see Brother Love is his manager. So Paul. Uh, Paul Bearer hasn't even been introduced mm-hmm. yet that's to a, this. That's
0: a, the early, early Undertaker. Oh yeah,
1: he has a nice, nice mullet going. He's got that's still it, got the red has hair. A nice redhead mullet. Right. So there, you know, this is the first incarnation that we see of the Undertaker, where I'm not even sure he's even been knocked down yet in the WWF at this point. Uh, I don't think he's sold. I don't think he's been anything, put on his back yet. No. And I mean, we're not going to see that happen either. But he's just going to town on on everybody. In the uh, in the ring, yeah, he's
0: getting Tell, a heck of a push. So,
1: nineteen ninety one Undertaker, you and Hawk are back there. Just you, in general, you're you're back there. What's your relationship like with Mark at the time?
0: Well, you know, we worked with he and Danny Spy. We were there were the Twin Towers when we were wrestling for uh, you know WCW. So, I mean, great guy, great athleticism. Could really move for a big six foot nine guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was really good. You know, that WCW ring was smaller. It was only 14 feet as compared to the 18-foot, you know, uh, WWF ring. And we would fly, to drop down leapfrogs, drop down leapfrogs. You let me power slam a man. I mean, for a guy like six foot nine, yeah. you take a power slam. It's pretty good.
1: Jimmy Snuka just came down to the, uh, the ring here, too. So, we're going to uh, – as Undertaker throws out Bushwhacker Butch uh, for a second elimination, Undertaker overall – Ends up getting three eliminations in this uh, in this match, and he and the Texas Tornado going back uh, going back at it. So, I mean, we've I think we've talked a little bit about the Undertaker before. So, you know, you guys had your had that prior relationship with him, and at this point, you come in, you see what the Undertaker gimmick is. Do you? I mean, do you know what it's? I mean, obviously, nobody can predict what it became. But I mean, as of right now, are you
0: seeing? Championship in his future. Well, as long as you, there's always you, Joe. There's a thing called the it factor, mm-hmm. and you just knew when they gave him that gimmick, the it factor was going to be there. You know, Hawk helped him with his very first promo that he did, and uh, which actually was a quote from an Ozzy Osbourne song. And um, ever since then, you know, Undertaker. And I'm not saying you attributed all the Hawk, but it goes along the same lines cuz you got to have that listen this is well, where well yeah cuz at some point oh, undertaker no, hold on hold on, okay. could you interrupt okay. me okay. this is where a guys <laughs> personality mm-hmm. has got to shine through when you like today's wrestler you they stifle their own personality they choke them out and the guy does not get to do his own promos back here when you could do your own promos and you can kind of dig into that deep twisted side Mm-hmm of yourself and your own personality, that's what makes the gimmicks great. Um, uh, Here, uh, British
1: Bulldog comes down. I was going to say, at some point, Undertaker had to learn a few things from somebody other than Hawk because his promos were coherent and understandable. So, you know, most of... The, the ones uh, that Hawk would do back in the day, you'd sit there and you'd wonder, what the hell was he talking about? Well, you can, you could can understand and, him. You just didn't know what he was saying.
0: It was, right. You, you didn't know what he was going to say. Which is kind of similar but, to uh, Undertaker's look, promo on Raw 25. You want to see something impressive? The fans out there need to Google this pay-per-view, man. go mm-hmm. Get it on YouTube or go the to network. the network yeah. and get it. And, uh, and check this out. You want to see some phenomenal physiques in the ring. You check out the bodies that are in there right now. Well, yeah. Look at some of them. Hercules. You, you won't see one of these in WWE. Maybe one guy that's even close to anybody that's in the ring right now. I mean, you have Snook in this match who's freaking 50 years old. Look at him. Built like a brick. You know what, man? I mean, right. guys just took care of themselves and did what they need to do. Because this is the wrestling business is, is based on a smaller guy being able, be able to take down the big behemoth. Yeah. And that's the way it's going to go down for the rest of time, man. It started 150 years ago in freaking circuses and, and uh, carnivals, and it's going to continue that way for the future. You know, you got some great – look at these guys in the rain. Look at, look at Bulldog. Oh, yeah. And,
1: again, I mean, it, you, you've said, you know, everybody back then's on the gas too, so – yeah, but everybody's, everybody's on the
0: gas legally. But still, listen, yeah. this is the crap that pisses me off when people start talking about the gas. A, you don't talk about the gas you know, you're know, you talking about with the gas, for one. Okay? And B, it doesn't mean you work out any less hard or you don't put any less effort into it. Because I know from personal experience, man, that the amount of money and diet and nutrition and training that goes into it. Here's a different philosophy back then, Joe. Guys back then – knew that the gas were going to get them to that dance. Smash! You still had to work out hard Mm -hmm. to get to that dance. Now guys think, oh, hey, I've heard about steroids from guys taking it 20 years ago. I'm going to take it, and I'm going to be Hulk Hogan. Well, no, sorry. You're not going to take it and be Hulk Hogan. If you don't have that mindset to train, listen, the best thing they could have done was they made it all illegal anyway, so that way nobody gets hurt. You know, we okay. get sick, you know, so that's the point making from it. But there's a big misconception about the gas. I mean, most doctors, if they're honest with you, are going to tell you there's more positives with it than there are negatives.
1: Well, and, you know, you met, you, threw, uh, you threw the word diet in there. That still is the most important thing about anything sure, body related yeah, is what yeah. you're going to eat. I, that it, it really and truly is uh, you know, you know, when, when it comes down to it. It's, I, you know, it. It's that's that's number one. I mean, you can lift all you want. You can take everything you want. You eat like shit. You're you Mm. know, you're still not going to have, you know, the six pack abs and the the physique like, you know, just name a person that you want to look like because Jake just gets eliminated.
0: Well, you know, I hate to say Hawk ate like crap. (laughs) Hawk ate everything in the sun and ate all the donuts and garbage and sweet rolls and fried food that you can imagine and he still it's just it's genetics man it's just you know that that's why you have to back then you had to look and see what was going to work for your physique because everybody Mm -hmm. was totally different and and some guys some guys took a lot and some guys like me hardly took anything and just you just i just you just grew yeah And,
1: and yeah you know that's still metabolism for for some folks is you know a freaky thing that you know, somebody like Hawk would have been blessed
0: with a uh, really fast. Oh, uh, bro, and Warlord would go in there and eat three dinners because he was three sixty five too. Mm. He was the biggest guy, so I mean,
1: we see Warlord later on here too. Right now, here comes Hawk running down to the uh, running down to the ring. One thing that sucks
0: is that in this era, everybody's going to jump on Hawk. <laughs> if I remember right, here,
1: yeah. What sucks in this era is the fact that there's no music. You guys don't have the entrance music, so you have to look at the entryway, and uh, you, you have to see who is. Uh, you know who's yeah. coming down so it does suck that you know you don't have this yet i'm not sure what the first year was that they started using the music uh for speaking in of music can yeah.
0: you imagine a way that brooklyn would have erupted if they would have heard a what a rush oh well, yeah especially i think that, that yeah. meter would have been busted open <laughs> Yeah, it would have been right up there. Yeah,
1: you everybody was waiting for that glass to break, and when that happened, it did. It, it did blow up. Here's Hawk uh, working the corner with Hercules right now. As, as I said, I don't think it starts here, but you guys do end up having the. Uh, yeah, at some point, the uh, your feud with Power and Glory has to uh, has to make its way
0: into becoming a WrestleMania match. You know, it was really hard back then, man, because. Really, the only team you really had was Power and Glory back then. You know what I mean? I mean that they were going to put the belts on. I, you know, we Hawk and I didn't really even know where they were going because, listen, Paul Roma was a good-looking, smaller talent. Then you had Hercules, who was already been in the WWF for years. You know, and I think uh, you know, listen, we had great matches with them, though. I mean, we we beat him one time in like five minutes. And this, so
1: you're you're coming out here soon. We we talked about it briefly. So you show up there, you're told they say animal. You're coming in at 19. Is that what they say? They let yeah. you know they say you're well, coming. We're standing back there waiting. <clears throat> they say you're coming on after. I, I guess the way we're gonna find it out here, so that you know who you're coming up after, right? Hey, you
0: go on, this guy, this guy, this guy's gonna get eliminated, and then after they get eliminated, then. Animal, mm-hmm. you take out this guy, and then he's going. Someone else is going to take out you.
1: Okay, so they tell you, so you know going in who you are going to eliminate. Sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Because yeah, you end up only getting one. Hawk ends up eliminating two in this. I don't think we've seen Hawk. Uh, yeah, here comes Hawk's own, uh, first elimination. He just threw out Jimmy Snuka. So there's he just
0: came in. Is Shane Douglas just came in. That was
1: Shane Douglas that just came in. Yeah, it it took me a while to figure out who that was at the time. I mean, this is you got the mullet like my brother back then. Yeah. That's yeah. That is. I mean, he very well could have been Johnny Ace
0: back well, then. Well, you know that that dynamic dudes, bro. <coughs> did you ever see them? I, you know, I've you I'm gotta great play. Google them. the dynamic dudes. You know, they actually had a great match back in the NWA against the Samoan SWAT team. You know, back when Rikishi and, and uh, Samu were together, those fought two and Samu. Now I'm really so
1: okay. So you know going in, do they tell you? Do they explain anything to you about? You know why somebody? You know why you're going to get eliminated by somebody, or what you're supposed
0: to do? Are you well, supposed first, to get? First you know, of all, it's a it's a singles company. Yeah. Okay, so we knew no way a tag team's going to win. Right. Okay, we already knew that going in, but yeah, they you know. So I think I don't know if it's just Royal Rumble or whatever, but we we do. A, I think is this is the one I think maybe we do a spot with the Undertaker. Yeah, where he pops. But you the were choke only in two of them, on, so. Yeah, well, he pops a chokehold on one of us. Well, yeah, we weren't in more of them because right. we were wrestling some other kind of match or yeah. something, so we weren't really in the rumble. I believe in
1: 92, you guys were in the ring against the Natural Disasters, I think, yep. at the in the 92 rumble. So uh, do you know who's going to win going into this, or do you just know your spot
0: and that's it? You know, once you get your spot down – we don't really. We know who's going to win, but we don't really care. Are there certain guys wrestlers really that may
1: care? I mean, are singles guys? Well, do they? Do they listen, care?
0: Of course, everybody wants to care because they want to be the last two guys in. Right. Well, that's what know? I'm saying. You I said mean, that, they know they're yeah. going to listen. It's not so much. They're showing number 18 right it's now. It's Not so much the belts. It's the it's the where the belts are going to take you financially. Yeah. This is this is one of the things I wanted
1: to get to because at number 18, Randy Savage no shows. This is from earlier in the night. He costs Ultimate Warrior the title, uh, and then Ultimate Warrior chases him out of there. So they have you believing that Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage is something going on between them backstage. So number 18 is blank, and they are saying throughout this that once number 19 comes to the ring, if number 18 isn't in the ring yet, they're disqualified from the match. So right now, they don't even know who number 18 is. Hmm. They have no idea. They just know that it's not there. So are they telling you – you're coming up 4 minutes after Shane or are they saying hey 2 minutes Bro, after. Bro, you're in
0: a big line back there. So you're in line after after Shane Douglas. Line. Okay. They say 19 get here. 17 here, 19. Right. So that's just the way they Okay, let them so up.
1: they they tell you backstage like, "Hey, yeah. Shane, you're going to be 17. Animal, you're going to be 19. Yep. There is no 18." Yep. And you're just standing single file like you're in kindergarten.
0: You're waiting and they'll give you a cue they'll say go. You go. That's so all you got to wait for. You're not worried about 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You got the guy back there by the curtain. He says, Adam will go, and you go. Who would that have been back then? Well, Gorilla would have gave you the cue. Gorilla, gorilla Monsoon would have well, said Well, Gorilla's on
1: ringside. He's go Gorilla's ahead. on commentary here.
0: Well, they call it the Gorilla position. Right. So, so it's it could have been anybody back there at that time. Because Pritchard's out there, so would have been Pat. Uh, Pritchard would have done it. could have been Pat Patterson or, or uh, Jerry Briscoe. You one of those two guys, one of the headsets back then, just saying, go. Yeah. Is it Tony Actually, Gurria? Is Vin, he one of them? Vin, no. oh yeah, Vince isn't on commentary, so it very yeah. well could have been Vince that Vin, was. Vince was back there, too, in the main control.
1: And he's, like, is he reminding you of this, or here you come, coming down to the uh, ring right now, and I'm going to let you just talk your way through uh, what you guys are you're – throwing, you're throwing the axe hammers, the –
0: Give one not really Tito. much you could do in this ring here. See, what they do is everybody <coughs> spreads apart, right. so you can do some stuff in the middle.
1: Right. You guys are, you know, there's a lot of people in there, so you can't get your moves done. Hawk's not going to go top rope, and there you guys start working on the Undertaker. You and Hawk find each other in the ring. You start working on the Undertaker. He's not leaving his feet, and then he gets both of you guys. See, now, if you could cold. have
0: been in an arena at this time, man, you would have been really surprised. When, when if you could have heard, oh, look at the crowd. If you could have heard, you guys just eliminated the Undertaker. If you could have heard the gasp of the people when Undertaker put mm-hmm. the chokehold on Hawk and I, it was a giant woo. And then, of course, when we closed on him over, it was a bigger pop. Yeah, but Undertaker already had a lot of heat at this point, man. He was the top heel in the company, pretty much. You and know? he didn't,
1: land, and he landed on his feet outside of
0: the ring. He, he landed he went on his, over and landed he did, on his listen, feet. He did the land on his feet. And he did the no sell which mm-hmm. was awesome. And then he, there he is staring down his WrestleMania 32 opponent, Shane the McMahon. The greatest part about Taker, the greatest part about Taker is he looked like the dead man. He looked like that even before mm-hmm. the makeup. So he was naturally had that, you know, Taker was a, a naturally pale guy, you know, with freckles and tattoos and stuff. So he looked like the dead man going in. So what year did it was it that he found a tanning bed? Bro, when you've got his first eighty thousand dollar marketing check, I think he probably could afford for a quarter. I think he could afford one. This uh, by right after uh,
1: right after you and Hawk eliminate Undertaker, Earthquake, or I should uh, Rick, um, yeah, Rick Martell and Hercules double team Hawk and eliminate him. From the uh, from the match, so it's as soon as it's, so nobody really even has time to react to Hawk getting eliminated because everybody then you you watch it the crowd pops you know and here comes uh, getting, here comes Crush you're
0: doing like little two minute mini matches mm-hmm. when everybody comes in you go in and you hit a bunch of guys then you usually go off with the guys you're working a program with mm-hmm. you know what I mean bam 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 like that it's just the guys all. Well, back then, anyway, we used to think about this is the biggest cluster, (laughs) you know. And it is. It still is. I mean, you still have. It still is, man. People cannot follow. You know, it's more for the fan now because they do the big countdown with the music and bam. And that's pretty much all it is. Because really, once the entrances are over, Mm -hmm. it's done until the last three minutes. The last three minutes of the Rumble is what they remember. They'll remember they remember your entrance in the last few minutes. They really don't remember anything else.
1: Yeah, if there's a big return from somebody, everybody will remember it. Yeah. I I I avoid, you know, there was a day when I would love reading the dirt sheets. I would love going on to, you know, rumor sites and just to find out who the special entries were going to be. Now, you tweet something at me, I'll mute your ass real fast if you want to start oh, tweeting yeah. a spoiler to me because I want to be surprised when you when we watch the rumble together Sunday night. I want to be legitimately surprised by any entry that comes in. I'm just going to throw two uh, just uh, that I know aren't coming on, but if Kenny Omega were to somehow make a, make a debut on the Rumble, which I know 1% chance of happening if that, but if that were to happen, I want to be legit surprised by that happening. If CM Punk's music hits... I want to,
0: you know, I want to have a legit reaction to that. I think you're going to see a return of CM Punk sooner or later. You do? Yeah, you got it. Here comes your boy Hacksaw.
1: He's got the two-by-four opposite, and he just sprints to the ring.
0: The original winner
1: of the Royal Rumble, by the way, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Back when you didn't get shit for it. I
0: do a lot of appeal, with Jimmy. Jimmy's a good guy, man. Jimmy is blind as a bat in a ring, man, like Stan Hansen, boy. I'll tell you, we – When Hawk and I first went down to Louisiana to work for Bill Watts, Hawk and I wrestled Jim Duggan and Magnum T.A. And we came out of there feeling like we were in a giant fist fight. We all had bloody lips and bloody noses. And they were in the business about six months before Hawk and I did. In a a match like this,
1: I mean, with everybody being in such close proximity are there, I mean, are you getting some stiff shots in there just by accident because you can't really move around?
0: Nah, or, no, because you know everybody in there has worked with each other one time mm-hmm. or another, you know?
1: But I mean, right now it's, you know, you, you just, you know, have a bear hug on Rick Martel, And, the, yeah, they're showing it on the camera right now, but there's also five other matches going on in the ring. And, you know, I guess you never know when the camera's going to be on you. But still, I mean, you you know, there's a fifth of the crowd that's probably watching what you're doing right now.
0: Yeah, well, you know, listen, the crowd all has their favorites, and mm-hmm. the crowd all has their favorite guy who they want to see win, right? So they're going to be watching that, but they're trying to watch everything. And if you do it, listen, with the guys are all over the side of the ropes, whoever's doing all the flying in the middle is where the action is, and that's what the people are really focused in on. Like right now, like this dead. We call it the dead time. Yeah. When there's a dead time in between guys coming in. You just got to try to fill it with decent right. stuff. You're waiting
1: for that big name to come in. I and mean, look, Hercules still in there. Yeah. You're waiting for that one big name to come in and eliminate a lot of people. In past years, that would have been somebody like Kane or yeah. You know, Roman Reigns will probably be that guy this year. That'll come in and get you know eight, ten eliminations. Here comes Earthquake, and this is just a big.
0: Let me tell you something. He was one of the best athletes for his size probably ever in the WWE. Well,
1: you've talked about him before. I mean, he has the sumo background, but how much does he weigh here? Look at him. He He makes you look like a child. Yeah, 450. Do you enjoy throwing punches like that with a big guy just knowing that you guys can each go back and forth like that?
0: Well, yeah, because everybody else in the business we couldn't do.
1: How hard are you hitting him there?
0: Not hard at all.
1: And there he goes. He throws you over the top rope and eliminates you, and that's the end of your night. Good night, Irene. You go Preeti to the back, you get back, in the Go back, take a shower,
0: him. go. I'm not gonna watch the rest of the rumble. So you even in there by Who the time cares? by
1: the time uh, the winner
0: is done. No, you, why, you're, you're, why, you're out of the <laughs> arena already? <laughs> yeah. I'm probably already <laughs> at frickin' Denny's getting a freaking meal or something.
1: I mean Hawk was eliminated probably about four or
0: five minutes ago. Does he already have the car started? Um oh, oh. Hawk's already probably out there getting himself right somehow <laughs> in his own opinion <laughs> waiting for me in the car but seriously i'll I mean, go out there to be like teaching chong up in smoke <laughs> I, you see the size of earthquake and i mean it really is hey believe it or not in japan earthquake was up on the second rope standing there doing something and i went and i got him on my shoulders and walked back. We were going to give him the doomsday, and then I just fell back with him. Give him electric chair. You put him up on your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something, I mean. Well, I felt every vertebrae <clears throat> in my back go, like an accordion. Oh, yeah. And, and, was, I, and I held he was him. was at 450? 450. Big, big guy, man.
1: There's no way you could have flipped him, right? I mean, did oh, you Oh, ever- I wouldn't have attempted. No. No. <laughs> no way. Are you kidding was he the bi- so he would have been the biggest person? I mean, you never got like Andre up in that. Or no, anything no. Like well, that. Andre
0: yeah. was our partner. I never wrestled Andre.
1: I'm, I mean, I'm trying to think back of some of like the most impressive feats of strength. As Mr. Perfect's walking down to the ring right now, some of the most impressive feats of strength. One of the ones that kind of crosses my mind. Do you remember WrestleMania when John Cena got Big Show up for the uh, AA, and then Edge was also on top of Big Show on top of that? You know, so that mm. was close to 700 pounds and that, but that's somebody helping him. I mean, Big Show is yeah. jumping, you know, is helping John Cena pick him up. You're taking him off the second rope at
0: 450. I mean, that's just deadlifting. Hey, now. man, you know, try press slamming Killer Khan when Killer Khan was 340. No help. I did that. I did him for three reps in Japan. Jeez. You know, it's, it's one thing when a guy is helping you and that's jumping up saw. when you go to get him up for your finish. It's another thing taking a guy from a dead weight and – hoisted them from the canvas all the way up over your head. We, uh, Henning's in the ring right now. Mr.
1: Perfect in 1991. Uh, where do you rank his drop kick among, uh, hey, that was Bro, not,
0: it's not so much just drop kick. It's his working style. Mm-hmm. He and Bret Hart right here are the two single best wrestlers in the company, hands down. And then after that, you got a Rick Martell who's really good, you know, but, uh, Henning, Henning and uh, – I would say Henning, man. Henning was right up there with him. And you know what? His son, Joe Henning, what they call Curtis Axel. What yeah. a big mistake that is. Why not call him Joe Henning? I mean, heck, have him come out there with his grandfather, Larry the Axe, you know, right now. Get get the Axe involved somehow. Make him a baby face because Joe wrestles just like Kurt. Same mentality, same style. Not quite as big as Kurt. But you got to remember, Kurt helped build Hulk Hogan.
1: You know, uh, right now, and here comes Hulk Hogan, as you mentioned, coming down to the ring. We're at number twenty-four right now, as Hogan runs out. So we have six more left to go after uh, after this. And uh, I've said this before, but one thing—I mean, you know—you see him in the ring right now. The the height of Hulk Hogan is what I think impressed me the most when I met him. That. I, I honestly did not expect him to be as tall as, as he was, but you see him in, him here, right here. Where did you
0: meet Hulk? Had <sighs> to be years ago. Would have been about f- four or five years ago. Yeah, he's because he's lost probably two or three inches in height. Really? Knee operations, hip operations. Yeah. I, was, I met him five years ago.
1: Uh, came through the uh, station. He goes Hulk Hogan in the corner right now with uh, with Earthquake. When was he in the best shape of his career? Because right now you see how big he is, but, you know, five years down the road, when he joins the NWO, he has slimmed out a lot mm. by then, but he is still ripped in a lot of that, you know, because he slimmed down a bunch. When yeah, is he but in his you got to understand,
0: man, those guys, in year, the years of the NWO, and I'm not saying that anybody did anything, but there was a lot of partying going on back then, man.
1: Well, I'm not I'm just saying
0: it's, you know. Weight, no, yeah. but it has to do with your body weight, too, Joe. Right. When you don't have an appetite and appetite, you don't eat, you can't keep your weight up. And that's what happens when guys look on a thinner. And guys all go through stages. Sometimes they want to be big. Sometimes they want to try to rip up. I and mean, I've done that before, too, training with Sting and Luger. I said, okay, well, I'm with Sting and Luger. Luger's all ripped up. Said, I'm going to try to get lose the weight and get ripped up there, too. When I was about 18 years old working out at the gym in Minnesota again, I remember distinctly. It's the first membership my mom bought me. I look over in a corner, and I see these two big blonde guys come in the gym. One guy's name was Dizzy Ed Boulder, who later on became Bruce Beefcake, and the other one was Hulk Hogan. He was the biggest human being that I ever laid my eyes on, and we had some big monsters that came out of our gym too. And Hogan was monstrous, just a big guy. Hogan going in there right now, eliminating everybody.
1: Haku has uh, now entered the ring. Can Haku kick the ass of everybody in this ring
0: right now? Well, if Haku wanted to single handedly eliminate everybody in the ring, I think if it was a real, everybody would just jump over and let Haku have the ring. Over, uh, (laughs) so for as big a guy as
1: Earthquake is, Haku versus Earthquake, who wins? Who's winning that?
0: Listen, there's one thing that you can't take away from somebody. And. And Hawk and I used to talk about this all, all the time, and me being a city kid. A city kid's going to fight to survive. He will take a limb, an eye, a body part, maybe one of your privates with him. An island guy will rip your eye out and eat it. And Haku was is the island guy that will rip your eye out and eat it. And Do you think he's ever eaten
1: an eye? I mean, I know he's ripped an eye out before, but do you well, think he's ever put one in his mouth and taken a bite?
0: Uh, bro, I don't know. I wouldn't put it past him. But Haku, you can look at the size of Haku here, man. Haku was just a big guy. You know, were Haku, you there that night when he knocked the guy's eye out? When he, I was there. I was in yeah. East St. Louis. That was here, East St. Louis. We were down at a place called the Oz. I'm, I'm some familiar some, some disco at the time, I'm, and
1: I'm, no, it's still I, open. It's I look, still I, open. I
0: look over, and Haku is. You know, of course, Kurt Henning started the big fight, and then. Uh, Haku got involved, and once you give one of those island guys a couple beers, bro, forget it. (laughs) And um, I look over, the guy's on his back, and Haku's got his finger behind the guy's eyeball and told the guy, one move, we move one move, I'm going to eat your eyeball. And the guy was screaming pretty loud. But let me tell you one thing too, man. One of the greatest family men you're the ever going to meet out. A good, good human being. Huh? I was going to
1: say he's got what four or five kids, right? Great, he's got quite yeah, a few. Well, it's one of his boys yeah. wrestles,
0: that's doing really good. Just two kids, or two boys that are wrestling. Okay,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, Anvil comes out now. It's funny to see, you know, we just a few weeks ago, a few episodes ago, we talked about the Sin pay per view from two thousand and one to see what Haku looked like then, or as he was then known as Meng, oh, yeah. with the with the big hair and everything. Here, here he's just got the little fro right now, and uh, the yeah, I guess now nice little got his perm
0: hair's hair, hair's like in a flat top now. It's really? really, it's really short. Yeah. When
1: was the last time you saw him? Because I, I know we talked about in the Sin episode. Oh how many man, appearances I've not seen does.
0: Haku in a while, man. I saw he was at one big appearance with me and then i i, I didn't even get the chance to go over and say hi to him i saw him from a distance yeah but that's just the way those uh, cons go and you get to go to those big comic cons or something and you get two seconds to say hi to somebody and that's it yeah
1: the uh gorillas of destiny are uh are the the name of his brothers tama and Tonga. His sons you mean yeah his sons i'm sorry yeah his yeah. uh they're they are brothers tama Were they part and, of the and are, uh, part of, yeah, part of the uh, the yeah.
0: Bullet Club. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Tonga is the one I know real well. He, he was done at the training center. He, those kids can really move, man. They're really good. Yeah, they they have the you know they have the legacy of well, their, it's lineage, uh, man. Yeah. It's like I said, you can't replace lineage, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's this is something that's born in you to be a to be a performer. There you see Earthquake
1: working over Shane Douglas still in the ring. If they they show they're showing a, they're, they've panned out right now. You see Slick and you see Bobby Heenan and you see Jimmy Hart all on the outside and Mr. Fuji on the
0: outside too quite a uh, when's the last time you've seen four managers outside the ring They don't do that
1: anymore. They don't no. they, I'm trying to think I mean they they'll come out with them and then leave them at the top of the entrance ramp and they'll go down. They they don't go down. Here comes Bushwhacker Luke. <laughs> but you've had that. You also had Brother Love that was out there so you had quite a few managers out there. But how about this, you know, this cast of managers that's out there right now. Slick, Bobby Heenan, Jimmy Hart and Mr. Fuji that's crazy. Name, I mean, are you, if we're put, if we're saying Paul Heyman's a manager, obviously Paul Heyman's in that list of top managers of all time. If you're talking just male managers, is there anybody else that's in that in that conversation with well, these Ellering, guys? Ellering's really okay.
0: good. okay. Yeah, Ellering's really good. Uh, you know, you had Freddie Blassie that was a really good manager too back in the day. You know what I mean? He was, um, you know, he snook as manager, and you, you know he. He was a lot of the old Don Morocco's and, you know, guys that we forget about now today. But, mm-hmm. you know, there were some really, really historical great managers back in the day.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's I'm, I'm, I'm saying just males because earlier in the night in this pay-per-view, you end up seeing – you see Sherry Martell yeah. working with the Macho Man at the time. Th-
0: this, is the, this is like the last of an era because now mm-hmm. there's more female valets and managers than there's ever has been, right, in the business. but. This is like a last of a great era of managers. I should mention before, we're down to the final three here, just to go
1: over what this what else was on the card before Brian Nobbs comes out at number 28. But the rest of this card, it opened up with the Rockers, Marty and Shawn Michaels against the Orient Express. That was Kato and Tanaka, uh, Tanaka with Mr. Fuji as the manager. Big Boss Man was facing the Barbarian, Bobby Heenan, the manager there. We saw Sergeant Slaughter draw, uh, win the title from the Ultimate Warrior. The Mountie against Coco Beware. Wow. The Mountie, Jacques Rougeau. That, um, that's Coco. a match you go and you take a piss during. Yeah. It's <laughs> a popcorn match, right? And then <laughs> the, the other, the match before the Rumble as uh, Brian Nobbs uh, just hit zero on the clock, so here comes Nobbs. Uh, sags was in the dark match against Sam Houston before this started uh, well, but are was, you
0: noticing anything I'm noticing here in this in this uh in this match what's that well you have one half of the nasty boys you got one mm-hmm. half of, of uh, the hard foundation in there you got a demo well, yeah you No, yeah. but oh. I'm saying is though you had so many tag teams involved mm-hmm. in, in the in the in the Royal Rumble now you don't it's ninety percent single guys, right? You know, so it's such a different time, man. It's just—I don't know, man. I just think they missed the boat with tag teams. I just think it's a lost art, and they well, they just missed the boat developing personalities and characters in general. The um uh, the match before this, by
1: the way, that I wanted to, uh, with Ted DiBiase and Virgil in a tag match against Dusty Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> This is January nineteenth, nineteen ninety-one. It is now January twenty-fourth, two thousand eighteen. Wow! Dustin Rhodes is still wrestling today, twenty-seven years later, and he is still wrestling and looks Looks better better. today than when he did in this pay-per-view in ninety-one. Definitely looks better now. That's for sure. That's that's unreal. But I mean. To, to look better, to be in better shape than that. I mean, it says a lot about how he's how well he's taking care of himself because I mean, well, he almost looks as big as Dusty in this at match least in 91. It's not,
0: it wasn't straight years, too, man. He disappeared right. for a long time, and so which is you have to give your body a rest doing this business, man, because it's so taxing and demanding on you. Back then, we were doing 14 days on, four days off, 14 mm-hmm. days on, four days off, all year round. Yeah. You know, whether it was Christmas holidays or not. Uh, coming up, this is number twenty nine. Uh,
1: this is another guy you spent a lot of time with. Who? Uh, God, he looks. He just. Is, it looks like he looks like Stone Cold running down to the ring almost <laughs> in the black trunks and the bald head, but about twice the size that Stone Cold ever was. It's Bro, Warlord. You
0: see the Warlord running down? That's a three hundred and forty pound guy. Yeah, running down to the ring with freaking thighs like tree trunks. And you guys you you hung out a lot with him back in the day too. Yeah, Warlord and uh British Bulldog and myself were training partners. We all train together all the time, go to the gym together.
1: Now how's that okay, so you're I mean you're you're throwing up, you know, five hundred pounds, whatever, and this. I mean, these guys keeping up with you, you're having to take plates off every time.
0: They no, just, no, you just have War, different benches. Warlord, Warlord, barbarian, and I were pretty close yeah. together. Barbarian or British Bulldog? Barbarian, okay, but British Bulldog trained there too. But gotcha. he was he wasn't quite as strong. Davy Boy was more of a, a bodybuilder type guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not listen. I'm not saying he wasn't throwing around some weight. He was, but not like I mean, Warlord and I were like what people call like yeah. you know kind of retarded strength.
1: You see the um, you see Warlord there holding Hulk Hogan, and they're about the same size. If Warlord's arms aren't a little bigger. Than that, and I mean, why why did Warlord never get a a big push?
0: Well, Joe, it's things that we talked about before. You can't you can't teach charisma, you mm-hmm. know. And the fans can feel that charisma. They can, when you have a relationship with the fan, you they can feel things you're trying to do, and you can feel their reaction. And you have to get that, you know. And the fact that he probably held Warlord back a little bit and didn't let him really become the deviant heel that he probably could have been. Because look at the size of him. I mean, yeah. he could have been one of the best heels ever.
1: Talking size, here comes another guy. Another it's one. Tugboat. Fred Ottman coming down another to huge the uh, guy. ring. And he and – Another big guy that can move for a big guy. But talk about stiff – I mean, he and Earthquake going at it right now. I mean, that's 800 pounds of big boy right there. 900 pounds listen, of big man. boy
0: right there. Hawk and I had some great matches when they were uh, the natural disasters mm-hmm. when they were tagging up together. They were phenomenal.
1: What did you say stiff? You're talking in the ring. He didn't know how to throw a punch, or oh, and he he Fred, didn't know, but well, he didn't bro, care. Listen,
0: they're both 400-something pounds. When they hit you, you felt it. Mm-hmm. There's no way, even these he's clubbing you easy with a forearm, that you're not going to go, ugh. What the hell was that? Yeah. <laughs> Someone just bring in a two-by-four in the ring and hit me? And what do you think of the tug? I mean, he looks ridiculous out here in the tugboat gimmick. What, in the freaking... Yeah. Gilligan outfit? Yeah, yes. of course he did. You know? What is it supposed to be? <clears throat> he's supposed to be a big sailor. That just comes well, to the tell you what, he's laughing people. all the way to the bank now because they got action figures of him... As one of the natural disasters, mm-hmm. as a shock master, and as tugboat right now. So, Were you there when he was
1: the shock? I mean, the, the oh, shock master bro. would have been in 93. So, shock master. No, in, <laughs> no I,
0: I wasn't there. I was going
1: to say, yeah, 93, you guys were in Japan. But so, well, that was WCW, though, right? Yeah, he was yeah. in WCW. You guys were in Japan in 93. When did you first hear about the shock master? When did you first see the video of that?
0: Gosh, I forget what I was, was. Was it a live TV or was it a recorded? TV? Oh,
1: this. Trust me, if that was recorded, there's no way that that was wasn't going to be reshot. Yeah, oh yeah,
0: I, I saw it live. I saw it live on TV. I forget why I was watching it one day, and I, I I put it on, and then I saw the tumble through the
1: set. Yeah, that was would that have been that was Clash of Champions. Was that Clash of Champions twenty four when the uh, when the Shockmaster made no, his? I have no uh, idea
0: what clash it was. All I remember was with WCW. You know, and listen, it, I hated to see something like that happen. He was the greatest. He's one of the greatest guys in wrestling. He's good, good person, man. Mm-hmm. He he and uh, John Tenta, Earthquake, were a freaking awesome team. Now it was great for Hawk and I. See, people can relate to an earthquake and typhoon. Yeah, because somebody somewhere in their family or their friendship, you're going to know somebody that's that big. Right. It's just you. We know somebody that's an overweight guy. Mayor usually, they, goes. usually they can't move and do nothing. Right. But now you got two big monsters or like mm-hmm. mountains that can do stuff. Hawk and I, it was believable when they beat us up. When they beat us up, people wanted to see us kill them because, I mean, if you if you Google some of the matches that we have with them, they would literally kick Hawk and I's rear end for twelve minutes. We make a comeback and get the win and go home. I mean, you know, but that's what the people believed in back then. You know, the people bought it. that they, Uh-oh, Road Warriors finally met their match. There's two guys bigger. Because a lot of times a guy, a person at home sitting there, I did one of my favorite interviews, I'd say, hey, you, you lazy bum sitting on the couch, put down the beer, put down the potato chips. I really, at the time when I was a heel, I wasn't kidding about that because 90% of the fans watching at home are drinking a beer, eating some chips or dinner or whatever, and uh, when you have one someone that they can relate to in physical stature and now they're getting heat on us, they're going, oh, wow, well, we, can, we can believe that's happening, you know? Because you can't relate to a 500-pound bench, but you can relate to a 450-pound guy. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you're saying with that, too. We're down to the final
1: five here. And I think one of the things that makes that tag team. look Knobs is not even fat here. What's
0: going on with this? When was the last time Nobs called you? Oh, man. He just texted me this morning, as a matter of fact. He's got some appearances going here, coming up in the state of Florida.
1: I'm surprised that we haven't just been doing a podcast and he with him giving you a call and we just put him right on the air.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to do a podcast with the Nasty Boys sometimes because Hulk and I have had some freaking wars with the Nasty Boys. I tell you it, that. There goes
1: Martel. Uh, he just gets knocked out after 52 minutes. So your final four in this match is Hulk Hogan, British Bulldog, Earthquake, and Brian Knobs. Your final four in the uh, in the ring here as in '91. Which one of these are – I mean, is there anybody that actually believes that anybody could win? Is there goes Bulldog? Or everybody at this point just being like, all right, yeah, it's
0: Hogan. Or
1: is, they, or is there a thought that maybe Earthquake can win? Because one of the Nasty Boys isn't winning the Royal Rumble.
0: No. Everybody thought that probably Hogan was going to go over. I'm sure. Fans were all hoping probably Hogan yeah. was going to go over. And it's your classic. you got the
1: two heels in there with the one baby face and the two heels team up and start working
0: working them over. I would say that Nobbs has got to take off here pretty soon. <laughs> Earthquake looks like a freaking 747 coming in for a landing. It's just he's so freaking huge. Bro, I'll never forget when I was over for All Japan trying to teach Earthquake how to drop elbows on people when he was just Going through the dojo in all Japan, and Giant Baba yelled at me. And there's a nice earthquake stomp.
1: What does that sound like when you're laying on the ground and you got earthquake jumping around your head like that? Like a
0: freaking 7.9 on the Richter scale. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a that sounds like a little earthquake. And when he sits Bro, on you I, like I that, how much
1: weight's he putting on you when he's sitting on you like he was just? Uh, sitting on He's all. light as a feather, okay. man. You
0: don't even feel it. But I, speaking of the earthquake, I hear his son is going through a wrestling camp up in uh, Calgary, as a matter of fact. And there you go, Nobbs just gets knocked
1: out as you were uh, you were alluded to earlier. So now we're down to the final two. It's earthquake. I don't even
0: remember that, but I figured I'd call that one. Everybody knew that Nobbs well. Go
1: yeah. Let you call these as uh, as you see this. You've been you've look, spent look what, plenty of time bro, in the ring with these two. Did you see
0: those ropes? The fans have got to Google this. Look at the ropes when Earthquake hit the ropes.
1: The fans in the front row need to be worried about those ropes man, holding. I
0: don't know how those ropes held that big sob running. You know, that's four hundred fifty pounds of running, man.
1: And Hogan tries to pick him up, Earthquake falls back on him. How do you take that move and not get
0: hurt? You know, speaking of that move, I just watched a video the other day of Hawk and I wrestled Jerry Blackwell and King Kong Bundy in the AWA. Mm-hmm. I did that move with Bundy. Now, Bundy was 400-something pounds. And uh, it's, it's an easy move to do, man. You just hold the guy tight to your chest and fall back. He's got to hit knees first. No, he really doesn't even hit. you really t- you hold him tight like you're taking the bump. It knocks the wind out of you for a second, but you live.
1: There you go. Earthquake has Hogan picked up. He's walking around the ring. He's gonna finish this. Nope. He just you see, this is where the logic comes in. You just toss him over the rope, right? <clears throat> Why are you got you him picked him? up?
0: Yeah, you got him beat up and you got him picked up. Why are you not trying to dump him over? And it's right? Hogan.
1: You know he's gonna hulk up. You know what's gonna happen here. You're gonna hit him in the face. Doesn't phase him. You're going to hit him again. He's going to stand up here. Right? Yep. Oh, there's one there he foot. Goes. Here comes the second foot. He's going to start foot. shaking here pretty soon. Yep. There Oh, That just got him on the second one. You're going to hit him one more time, and he's going to point at you. And then you know you're in trouble. You. No?
0: You're going out, brother. <clears throat> yeah, man. i tell you. How do you not hardly mention that guy's name? In raw 25 it's they're either still
1: pissed off about the videotape or they're setting something up they're, they're setting something up him. for a big return
0: i wouldn't be with surprised him. bro on wrestlemania there's some kind of big yeah. return to it's be honest it's one with of those two things because that's what it is why would you not how do you not mention the guy right. that makes it possible for your company to exist right. right so that's yeah it's one of those one of those two reasons
1: Either they want you to forget about him and so they can have the big return, or there's something else with that. And there he goes, he's eliminated. Hulk Hogan gets the victory. Well, he's gonna grab kind of him.
0: Anti- that was kind of anticlimactic, wasn't it? And, you know, with the four hundred and fifty pounder there's, Yeah, there's not many unique ways to eliminate him from a match. Well, though. you could have just had him run at you and had him beat your yeah. rear end and you just duck down and you pull the top rope and he goes takes a bump over rather than yep. That kind of bump like that, because earthquake could take some great bumps over the top rope.
1: Yeah, so you have uh, you, you have him as the winner, and your next pay per view is going to end up being WrestleMania Seven. Before we wrap things up here today, Joe, as uh, folks just got to watch the uh, Royal Rumble with us, I got to know who's your uh, who's your Rumble prediction for this. Do you have a Rumble prediction for this uh, for this weekend?
0: Mm. No. Who are some of the big guys in there? The biggest guy in there. The
1: biggest guy in there. Mm-hmm. This I, I mean, I really don't know who the biggest guy would end up being. Because I was going to say because if
0: Strowman was in there, you're give it to Strowman, right? But he's not in it, right? So, so he's
1: not in it. I mean, would it
0: would Rusev
1: be? The, I guess the technically biggest guy that would not be to give it to Rusev. There's that no would be in there. Rusev. Who, who yeah, so he? WrestleMania could be Rusev Day. That's why you do it. <laughs> no, who cares? every day should Nobody, be Rusev no, Day. No, no,
0: you know, you've got Lana with you, yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, listen, uh, is Reigns in it? Reigns is in it, yeah. They might give it to him. The only reason why they wouldn't give it to Reigns is, is I don't know what the disconnect is between some of the people and Reigns, but there is a disconnect.
1: Because fans feel like he's being
0: forced yeah. upon you. you. It's not a natural. you force feed yeah. somebody in, that's when they start yep. bellyaching about it, and that's what's going on with, Well what's going on with half the company. I don't even want to get into it. But. Yeah. Yeah, but because I like Reigns. It's good family lineage, you know, the good family history there with everything else. I think if they would get together more and, you know, associate him more with the Rock mm-hmm. in that aspect, I, I think that would soften the people's persona, mm-hmm. maybe, their, their perception of Roman. But, uh, you know, maybe I would pick Reigns. All one, right. You know,
1: I'm going with uh, either Finn Balor or I'm saying Dolph Ziggler returns and wins the Rumble. Those are my two uh, predictions for that. After the rub that Finn Balor got on Monday, I'm you going know, with Finn Balor, Balor getting it.
0: Balor might win with the interference of the other two. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's got the stable behind him as well. But uh, we'll just, be, I mean, the other yeah. two
0: guys don't impress me at all, to be quite honest with you. But will be Finn Balor's we'll over great. Be. The two guys that are with him are just there for frickin. Whatever reason.
1: We'll be watching it together this coming Sunday next week. We will be in Minnesota. Get a uh, get a few interviews taped while we are up there. Really looking forward to uh to all of that. Going back up to your hometown of yeah, man.
0: Minneapolis. Hey bro, but and, before we get to Minneapolis, yep. this weekend yes. I am in Michigan. Bay City, Michigan. Right man. outside of Bay City. Vassar. Man. Vassar, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gonna be a good show out there. I look forward to going out there. The guys are great and it's great to get out there to, to the Midwest and especially the upstate, you know, Michigan to see the fans. Yeah. Right outside the Detroit metro area yeah. and then get to go to Minnesota there. And then back
1: to Detroit a
0: weekend, a I'm week after fe- that. Fe- so fe- you're February, a, February 9th, yeah. I'm back in Detroit doing the, ast- what was it? Astronomicon. Astronomicon. Yep. Yeah, man. So Damn. that'll be pretty good out there too, so. Awesome! We are uh, we're looking forward
1: to uh, next week in Minnesota. If you're listening to this and you're going to be in Bay City this weekend, get your picture with uh, Road Warrior Animal. He'll be at the uh, at the event there as well as uh, and Joe. We just finished watching the '91 Royal Rumble. Take it home. Yes,
0: you've been listening to another episode of the Oh What a Rush podcast.